This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Hey, everybody, it's Luke Thomas from the Luke Thomas Show podcast on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On today's episode, we're going to talk to UFC light heavyweight Dominic Reyes about everything that happened at UFC 247. Israel Adesanya says John Jones is past it. Is that true? We're going to talk about Kansas and their use of open scoring. We're going to hear from Factory X coach Mark Montoya about some of his coaching and really judging frustrations from UFC 247. Mr. Dominic Reyes. Hi, Dominic. How are you? Hey, look, Luke, how you doing, man? Uh, back in Cali. Feeling all right, man. Yeah. Have you gone back and watched the fight? I have not. <laughs> Is that something you typically not. do or don't do? Uh, it's honestly something I, I typically don't do for a little while. Uh, in my mind, I was there, so there's, there's not a lot of me. Like, I don't need to watch it again. I know what happened. I still remember it live. I I've replayed it hundreds of times in my own head, maybe thousands. So <laughs> I know what went down. All right. Well, how uh, are you feeling about it? Has uh, anything changed? Any, any, any? Uh, as you've processed it, how are you feeling today about it? Um, uh, I still feel pretty much the same. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously a little bummed out. I, I devised what I felt was the perfect game plan, and I executed it to near perfection. And uh, I, I did, and you know, what it, what it took to win that fight. And I didn't get, get the win, uh, but it is what it is. You know, we come back, come back stronger, you know, try to get a rematch. I, I definitely deserve, I feel like I deserve a rematch. Um, yeah. And just go from there, uh, heal up, enjoy some time with family, maybe get on a, a nice beach somewhere <laughs> and just uh, enjoy life a little bit. Well, you have certainly earned it. Let's talk about the fight itself and some of the things that I saw going back and watching it and your game plan, if if you can talk about some of it. Here's the first thing that really occurred to me. A big portion of your offense, it looked like, was obviously leg kicking. Now, that's not new, but there was, I think, an uptick, particularly in the different kinds of stances you were attacking, and a lot of body shots, a lot of body work, both with the jab, both with the cross. And the reason why I yep. think you did that was a lot of reasons, but one is that he's hard to hit in the face. And so if as he oh. evades and he posts, the body is still there to hit. Is that, is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. Um, and, you know, a way to combat that seven inch reach was the body the body isn't seven isn't seven you know he could move his head he can lean out of the way but he can't lean his body out of the way uh it's it's pretty uh it's pretty standard when it comes to boxing but not a lot of mma guys do it um yeah so the body was a target because the head is he's really hard to hit in the head and it would be foolish to just try to headhunt the whole time that's how you end up uh getting tore up like uh a glover got so so here's the downside to that, though, right? You were landing. You can see the numbers. You can watch the tape. But if you, uh -huh. pops, if you pop someone in the face and it knocks their head back, you know, that's a very demonstrative form of damage. Like it's so, you know, you can just see all of it. You punch someone in the chest. If they've got a good poker face, man, it's hard to see. Do you feel like maybe the judges just didn't, didn't weigh your punches to the body as much because it doesn't have that kind of dramatic effect? I do, but I also feel like the judges, you know, they just didn't understand the fight. I feel like these guys were just judging just a fight instead of a John Jones fight. Like, you you can't beat John Jones doing traditional things. You have Like, I had to use my movement to land strikes. I had to 
I had to be mobile. I had to force him to fight my fight. I made John Jones fight the way I wanted him to fight. It wasn't a, uh, oh, you're running away and all that. No, it, it was very tactical. Everything I was doing was extremely tactical. There was a reason for every movement I made. And the judges, being extremely ignorant to the sport and in general, <clears throat> didn't didn't take that into account. Um, whereas if you're a fan of the sport and you're actually watching the fight, you know, you can see it's pretty clear that what I'm doing is, is working. You know, I'm disrupting his timing. I'm, I'm great footwork. You know, I'm, I'm in and out. I'm not letting him start. I'm not letting John Jones be John Jones, whether, whether if it was for three, four rounds, four rounds, five rounds, two rounds, I, I did it. You know, I, I did it for enough rounds to win the fight. And then it, in the fourth, you know, I I thought I – initially I thought, you know, well, those takedowns lost me in that fight. But I don't even know if you could really call those takedowns. I did no. more clinch I, – I outstruck John even in the clinch where he's a master. Yeah, the so takedowns, he, he didn't get – he didn't do much with them in the other rounds four or five. By the way, that was the second worst takedown performance in his career. The only one worse was the first Gustafson fight where he went one for 11. He went two for nine in this one. And only because I gave him one, because I went back into it. But whatever. Uh, uh, let me let yeah. me ask you, let me ask for some more parts about this. So you you indicated some of the you were splitting his timing. I noticed that um, you were you know especially through the first three rounds, Dominic. Like you were the one who was striking first. You were getting off first constantly. There was something else I noticed, which I had not seen on in tape on you in previous fights, or maybe not much. You did a little bit of stance switching on your own. You went to orthodox a couple times. Had a couple of lead left hooks on there. What was the idea there? Um, the idea there was, that was kind of an in-fight, uh, adjustment. I learned how to fight ortho mid-fight. <laughs> uh, for, for real? Yeah, that, that wasn't a, yeah. I, I actually learned a bunch of stuff in this fight and learned how to fight better in the fight. <laughs> That's, dude, so I've never heard that. That's I crazy. Yeah, I switched stances a couple of times. I was like, whoa, like, I could do this from here. And then, like, I switched. And I was like, "Whoa, I'm in a, I'm in, I'm on this angle, and I could do something with it." But I'd never been here before. So the next time I was there, I did something with the angle. So it was, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was a lot of, it was very, very high processing. I mean, I was nonstop, nonstop process. I had so many things to process at all times. Um, but it was just happening, just happening. Ha like I wasn't thinking about it. I was, it was just happening. And. uh it, it, it was fun, dude. It went well. It went well, man. For, it, for that night, I was, I, I was better than John Jones. I beat John Jones on that you, night. I, I look, know deep down in my heart I did. Dominic Reyes joins us here on the Luke Thomas Show. You look great. Two more questions about the fight, then I want to ask you some different things. Another one I noticed was you had that up jab where it would sort of start at your waist and then it would come almost like a almost like a, like a a jumping jab sort of. Was the idea there so he couldn't see the angle and it would let you get into range and then also change the angle if you needed to? Yeah, I had to get come up with some creative angles. Uh, with his reach and his defense, you can't just throw straight punches or clean techniques out of him. You have to vary it up a little bit. Otherwise, he's just gonna it's gonna be like easy for him. You know, that's just that's just target practice. And then and then uh, the last the last thing about this was I noticed when he was switching stances. You would go right after him, like not like right that instant. Well, sometimes you did, but you you know my my read on this was you let John start getting comfortable with all that kind of stuff. He'll tear you apart. So, were you trying to make sure that if he switched stance, he had to pay for it pretty quickly? Oh uh, yeah, it was. You're gonna fight my fight. You're not gonna do whatever you want. I'm not just gonna let you 
switch freely. I'm not going to let you just rest. I'm not ever going to let you just do anything you want to do. Uh, the whole thing was take everything and give nothing. Hmm. That was my whole mentality into that fight. And that's what that was. He, you want to switch? All right, well, you better fucking sharpen up your defense because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack you from there. You're going you're gonna to come back. You want to clinch? I'm going to attack you from the clinch. Like Anywhere we were was strike first, strike hard, strike often. Don't let him uh, feel like he's comfortable. Dude, that's the Cobra Kai ma- mantra. <laughs> it is. It <laughs> From is. Karate Kid, bro. <laughs> I turned out a Cobra Kai, bro. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, all right, so you mentioned his defense. I have to tell you, and I, and I want you to comment on both of these if you can. Two things sort of occurred to me with this one. One is that um, I don't think his offense is the same as it used to be. Now, that's in, partly in credit to you because you were just constantly on him, disrupting, fair enough. But I will say this. I thought and I knew this going in, he had a 95% takedown defense rate. He has a 65% defensive strike rate, which means like basically two out of every three strikes on this guy don't land. He's a hard guy to hit, isn't he? He's a hard guy to control. His defense is really what keeps him alive in these fights. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And it's that reach. It it all goes back to the reach. Everything circles back down to the reach. Uh, He uses that post hand, and it's it's tough to get by, dude. And he has great head movement. It, It wasn't... Man, it, it it was a fun dance, man. It was it was very very difficult, but it was very fun. It was very challenging, and uh, to be able to figure him out, you know, and, and get on him the way I did and land as many shots as I did was it was amazing, man. It was it was freaking amazing. And anything <laughs> about that fight that uh, either went well or went poorly, I'm not I'm not asking one way or the other, but was a little bit surprising. It sounds like you guys had an exhaustive game plan. So I'm wondering if there was one part in there where you were like, "Ooh, I didn't anticipate this." Uh, it was probably the the one thing I didn't anticipate was his toughness, man. I was in hope, and he was he just kept going, kept the same pace every round pretty much the exact same pace and it it was that was impressive but then I, I was to be expected you know he's been champ for nine ten years like obviously he's super tough and obviously he knows how to pace himself over five like that uh but I look at I look at the strike count and all that I I still was throwing more in my worst round than in his best round so I kept my I kept the I kept the pace going, man. I mean, you. I feel like that game plan is what, like the only way you could beat John. You can't you can't just stand there and fight him. You're not gonna. I mean, unless he wants to put on boxing gloves, then then we could have a, a conversation. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the kicks and all that, and and with the way he sets him up and with his spins, if you didn't know, if you noticed, he didn't spin because I didn't let him spin. Well, because he couldn't spin. It's because I didn't let him spin. Because of your lateral I, movement? I, yes. My lateral movement, I nullified his game. My feints, I mean, he didn't know wh- where I was coming from. Shoot, I didn't even know where I was coming from until I was coming from there. You know? Right. The, the, uh, that was part of the game plan was not kind of be reactive. Don't really know exactly what you're going to do until you see it. That is... Um... And, uh, you had you basically had the fight of your life, man. I did. I absolutely did. And I'm so proud of my performance, man. I I proved mostly to myself who I am out there. The world, you know, obviously they saw it, but to myself, 
it, it felt really good. Really, really good. Well, I wonder what your coach Joe Stevenson had to say. He must be proud too. Oh, he's incredibly proud of me. Um, he said nobody can ever take away that performance. No matter what happened with the judges or whatever, they can never take away that performance. Uh, you outstruck the greatest, you know, fighter of all time, and and you lost with grace. You know, you took defeat with grace, and you you proved that you're a real champion and who you are. And it was it was it was cool, man. I mean, obviously everybody's proud of me, but it, it's. It's good to have people rec- rec- real, like recognize the realness, you know, what I brought into the cage. You know, I I, I did what I said I was going to do. You know, I brought the fight to Jones, uh, and I fought with everything I had. And uh, it's so much to be respected by so many people. And it sucks that I don't got the belt, you know, because that was the goal. And I, I sacrificed so much. But uh, I'll be back. I'll be back way better. Dominic Reyes joins us here on the Luke Thomas Show. One question, and I know this puts you in a tough spot because nobody who loses a fight ever wants to have sour grapes, but it's a legitimate complaint, man. Would you fight in Texas again? Now, if they have a rematch, I don't think they're going back to Texas, but I'm just speaking in in the following way, Dominic, which is, dude, they were using the old scoring criteria, which does value forward movement, and the reason why the modern rules changed it is because the old rules, the ones Texas was using, incentivize a certain kind of fight. But as you indicated, you might have been, and I'm using air quotes, backing up, but it was all intentional to pull John in certain directions and not let him do certain things. So the next time you have a title fight, are you going to go to a modern state with modern rules like Nevada, California, and New Jersey? Well, it's up to me. I'm not fighting in uh, any other state but but Nevada or Cali or New Jersey. I'm not. I'm not going to fight in these archaic rule sets. My fighting style is very new. It's a new modern style, and I'm not. It's. It's not. It's just. It's just a modern style. It's not an old style. I'm not just walking forward throwing punches. You know, I'm not just trying to wrestle for my life. I'm blending it all together. I'm finding openings. I'm using movement creatively. My style does is not indicative to the old rule set. Apparently. Um, so I'm not ever fighting in the old rule set ever again. Uh, you have certainly earned that right, uh, no doubt about it. And um, about an immediate rematch, you know, John's had two different rematches before, and they did not go well for his competitors. But the big key is there's a lot of time lapsed between them. Do you know already in your mind like what you do differently? Like if you fought the perfect fight or pretty close to it, how much adaptation is really possible the second time around? Uh, a tremendous amount. Uh, you are we're, we're we're constantly evolving, constantly adapting as human beings. And uh, once I watch that film, I'm sure I'm going to find some things that are going to make me extremely next level. I can make adaptions very fast. Look at look at my rise. Look at me from fight to fight, Luke. I mean, just wait to wait wait to see what's in store. I know. I, I was trying to tell people. I'm like, this guy made his MMA debut, not UFC. MMA debut in 2014. 2014 that's crazy fast progress it's i've been i've been married to this game man like my entire life has been committed to this you know no kids no wife i'm just focused on this being great i'm chasing greatness man and i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm very excited about the future bro it's it, oof. 
All right, we, you, you've, we've been gracious with your time, so I'll just wrap up on this. Have you talked to the UFC about what's next? Have they indicated where their head is at on this? And I guess the question would be in terms of your health, it sounds like you're doing okay, but physically, how are you? Um, so I talked to the UFC, I talked to Dana, I talked to you know the brass. They're very excited about the future. Um, they weren't happy with that decision either. Uh, they want me to heal up, you know, take a break, enjoy my life a little bit. You know, get on a beach and just, you know, let just don't think about fighting for a little bit, which is going to be very hard to do. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, come back. We'll have a meeting and and we'll figure out the, exactly what the next step is. You know, you, I, last question. I'll let you go. I know you weren't fighting for anybody else other than you and maybe your team or something like that. I understand that, but uh, I'm sure you probably heard some of the naysayers ahead of time being like, "Who is this guy? You know, what has he done?" And some of the things even John said about um, your relative lack of athletic accomplishment in terms of how he was framing it. I wonder how you feel about all of those criticisms now after the fight. Did you not care before, or is it is it one of the situations where you know it was, it was good to show them? Um, exactly how wrong they were honestly i didn't care uh before uh but it just it's one of those things where you don't know until you know right? like yeah people are going to be you know disrespectful with their comments and their opinions and things like that which is which is obviously not cool but uh you don't know what you don't know and they, they had no idea nobody had any idea uh, they, they thought they knew people all thought they knew about me and my story it was funny because john thought he knew me like as a fighter and as a person, I kept, and then I was just saying weird stuff at interviews to even throw them off more. <laughs> <laughs> Were you really? Because yes, <laughs> it doesn't matter, bro. I'm the kind of guy I, I could smile on your face and be cool and everything. You know, I could be goofy one day, but the next day I will literally kill you, <laughs> like, and I will have no remorse about it. Like that's like gamer bro like i've grown up my whole life like having friends that were true friends or having true friends and then uh game and i'm trying to take their head off you know what i mean that's what it is it's it's about flipping the switch and that's why in the interviews and stuff i could say and be however or say whatever and it it's not gonna like i'm not trying to convince myself or anything like that i'm just trying to mess with my opponent <laughs> Well, you got, I got to say, Dominic, you handled the whole thing, as you indicated and your coach indicated, with grace. You performed quite ably. Everyone here on the show scored rounds one through three for you. And I uh, hope you get that rematch, man. I uh, would love to see it. And um, I know you don't have a belt around your waist, but if you didn't before, you've got everyone's respect now. So I'll say congratulations just the same. Thanks, Luke. People's champ. I'm out. All right, man. Take care. You earned it. There he goes. Dominic Reyes, gracious with his time. Sirius XM Fight Nation celebrates Black History Month every weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Ock and Barack Show. All month long, the show reflects on the life and legacy of different influential African-American athletes. Such icons as Muhammad Ali. I'm the king of the world. Kobe Bryant. You guys will always be in my heart. I love you guys. Jackie Robinson. Robinson dashes to the plate. Safe. And more will be recognized for the impact they made both in and out of sports. The Yak and Barack Show, weekdays noon till 3 Eastern, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation. By the way, folks, did I tell you what happened yesterday after we left the show? You did not. Want to guess whose train was delayed? Was it one Luke Thomas? Was it one Luke Thomas? Yes, of course it was. You're having <laughs> bad luck, dude. I, I got to tell you, I didn't know when the dam was going to start showing some cracks. 
with the commute, which I've been doing since almost nine years at this point, the cracks are starting to show. Like, if everything goes the way it's supposed to, I go home and then the first thing I do is have a shot of whiskey just to, like, settle my nerves. Uh, when everything gets late, I lose my mind. I can't take it. I can't take it. I've Dude, seen upset Luke Thomas, too. It's a, it's a trip. <laughs> Dude, it's like, it's starting to kill me, man. And everyone's like, why don't you move back to New York? It's like, Cobb, you know what I love about the New York area? It's very affordable. Very affordable. (laughs) Great for a newborn. You know, it's it's fantastic. You know, here's the best news. I also have three pets and a grandmother that would have to come with us. So you think about moving to Manhattan, it's like, dude, there's tons of space, you know, everywhere. Really cheap. It'd be great. Um, God, man. So... You could move to like one of the other boroughs. Like no, that, here's the thing. Better. So my wife and I have talked about it. There's a chance we might move in the next couple of years. The a couple of, I'll, I'll go to the next topic here in just a second. But a couple of considerations. One, we're three years out from finishing our mortgage. That's a big deal, dude. Not having to pay for your house anymore. I mean, that's yeah, like for sure. That's just liberation to the nth degree. Number one. Number two is we have to move with her, her mother. Like just, we just can't leave her. You know these people who immigrate here from another country, they come together. You start sp- separating them, and it gets really hard. Her brother could probably stay here, but um, you know we had to find a place for all of us. So th- that would have to mean four humans, three pets. That's a lot. And the other part is we make good enough money to like live in a nice spot, but it's just a lot, man. It's a lot. So like my rule is it's got to be worth it. It's got to be clear. It's got to be. You know, all those kinds of things. People act like you can move, like I'm a freshman in college, and I can throw my stuff in the back of a pickup truck and then just, you know, here, I've moved into my new place. It doesn't work that I've been in this house for 14 years, man. Well, that's people starting to Doug Stanhope you. Just move, Luke. Yeah, just move. Just move. <laughs> just move. You don't have to get provisions for the winter. <laughs> just leave. Just move. <laughs> um, all right. Let me ask a question out there. Cobb, did you see what Israel Adesanya had to say about John Jones? I did see it. It was not um it was not nice. But the question is whether nice or mean, people say nice things, people say mean things. The question is, are they saying true things? Uh let me read you what John Jones had or excuse me, rather, let me read you what Israel Adesanya, this is his opinion about how John Jones looked. Now understand Adesanya is gonna have his own interpretation of things as an adversary. Right, understand that. But again, you can. Di- people want to do this all the time. They want to say, "Oh, well, he's an adversary of John. He's not going to look at it fairly." Okay, maybe not. Are you suggesting he is completely incapable of making any kind of a rational assessment? And the answer might be yes. But you need to be ready to make that argument. Just because there might be some adversarial posturing here doesn't mean necessarily that it's bereft of any truth value. If you'd like to make that claim, you can. I'm just saying people do this all the time. They remove the capability of anyone making a good faith critique by virtue of uh, other kinds of entanglements. I think it's important to state what those entanglements are, but not dismiss it out of hand right away. So here's what Adesanya said. Remember, he was there fight night. Talking about John Jones. Adesanya says the following, quote, he's washed up, he's done. His best years are behind him. He's still great, but he's washed up now. Well, he can't be both, but okay. He wasn't doing S. He was winning the rounds, but it wasn't really doing S. He was trying, but there's levels to this. He actually said something else uh, in continuation of this. Let me pull that up. It's from the same interview. I think he spoke to Sporting News or AP, one of the two. He says, in the fifth round... 
He tried to turn it on, but he couldn't. Compare his fifth round to my fifth round against Kelvin Gastelum. There's a difference. I've seen him. I've seen what I needed to see. Uh, and then he goes on to say it was close, but there's ways you can look at the fight. Some people scored it for Jones. Some scored it for Dominic. Dominic thought he won. Jones thought he won. Some say draw. I would have given it a draw, Adesanya says. But it's one of those things. They put it on the line, and it was a good fight, but I gave it a draw. Um, scoring was ridiculous. Okay. So there you go. Now, that's what Israel Adesanya has to say about John Jones. Let me tell you my assessment, and then I want to get yours at 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. Who agrees with Israel Adesanya that John is washed up? I'm going to say I disagree, but I'm going to put an asterisk by it. I don't think he's washed up. He just beat a very good Dominic Cruz. And again, I scored Dominic Cruz, Dominic Reyes, pardon me. I scored the fight for Reyes 3-2, three to, three to two, but as we've said a number of times, a 3-2 to two scorecard for John is totally understandable. So if you did, no issue there. right? At a bare minimum, John was very competitive with a very good Dominic Reyes. What I am going to say is, and what I think the tape is pretty clear about is, some of the things that John wanted to do, the way Reyes fought with his constant movement, going to the body, getting in, getting out, all that stuff we talked about, that limited what John can do. Uh, and in that sense, I think John's offense is not what it used to be. You don't see the takedowns with authority that he used to get, the knee taps, for example. You don't see some of the creativity that used to be there. He's still creative. In fact, let me say this outright. His offense is still very good. When we say it's dropped off, we're talking about from its all-time peak. I don't think he's there anymore in terms of his offense. I also wonder about his physicality, if he's slowing down just a tick or if the injuries have caught up a little bit or if he's posturing in a way where he wants to manage his energy so that if the fight goes long, he can really turn it on late. There could be a lot of factors there. But however you want to slice it, in terms of its potency and its creativity and its, and its uh, frankly, like effectiveness in terms of ending a fight, it's not what it used to be. It's just not. Okay. However, it's good still, still very good. And what's elite and excellent, and what I think is really keeping him in these fights, is his defense. I've talked about this ad nauseum at this point. 95% takedown rate. Basically, nobody takes him down. 65% striking defense rate. Two out of every three shots, more or less, are either blocked or don't land. That's a hard guy to control. That's a hard guy to land on. That's a hard guy to hurt. And he's very good about rolling, slipping, bobbing, keeping his feet moving, managing distance, that reach that he employs. People are like, oh, my God, he's got such a dramatic reach. Stefan Struve has a dramatic reach. Just because you've got one doesn't mean you know how to use it effectively. So, yeah, John Ops absolutely has a gift in that reach. He also employs it to its maximum effect. And that is a credit to him. So, to me... I'm going to go halfway with Adesanya. I don't think he's washed up, John Jones. But I don't think his offense is what it once was. That creates some openings. And I do think his defense is absolutely excellent, and that's going to keep him safe. But these five-round fights are going to begin to take their toll because while he might be safe round to round to round, it's just a lot of wear and tear. And you see these fighters getting closer and closer and closer in terms of how to, how to beat them. I've seen people say that um, Reyes borrowed the Gustafson game plan. Yeah, but times 10. Times 10. 
uh, the next version of that. They're iterating off of previous forms of success. So who's he going to fight next? Maybe it's Adesanya. Maybe it's Reyes. Maybe it's Stipe. I, I, maybe it's Corey Anderson. I don't know. Um, but I think it's time to admit this was a question I was wondering. Cobb, do you remember this? I was wondering after the last fight if John's getting old. Remember that? Yeah, remember, for sure. I, now, I don't. I don't think I was framing it exactly correct, so I don't think that everything I was saying that after that fight was right. But clearly, the big throws, they don't really happen anymore. The big creative spinning elbows, they don't really happen anymore. The standing submission threats, you don't really see them anymore. His offense has gotten a little bit more um, meat and potatoes. Now, with that, it's still it, it's fundamentally sound. Like, for example, you saw him look like he was going to go to the body and then go over the top and land a left, the same punch that Jimmy Manawa landed on Corey Anderson. He still got it. Uh, he's still a very much a threat. But in terms of this, like, indomitable challenge that he once was, where if he wants to take Brandon Vera down, Brandon Vera's going down, right? If he wants to ground and pound um, Matt Yushchenko, he's, he's going to. You know, if he wants to take, I don't know, Rashad down, which he did off a foot sweep, he's going to. There's just not this overwhelming force of natureness, so to speak, to his offense anymore. So to me, his offense has taken a step down. His defense, I do think, is what's going to keep him safe and competitive at a bare minimum for quite some time. And any fighter who overlooks that is not going to win. Part of beating John Jones, whoever it may be, is going to be somebody that has to know that's a hard fighter to do anything to. Even if you don't see the same razzle-dazzle with his offense, just look at the numbers. Guys have a hard time doing anything to him. They can't take him down. They can't force the clinch unless he shoots on him. And they have a hard time making contact with him, especially to the face and head. So, I disagree with Adesanya in that he's washed. But Adesanya is right, I believe, when he says his best days are behind him. In the sense that this overwhelming offense that he used to have. I don't I don't think that's there anymore. I think it's time to say that out loud. The Luke Thomas Show is your one-stop destination for MMA. If you're in a UFC title fight and you get finished in the first round, yo, you lost. Sports. I cheer for loser teams. As well as pop culture and entertainment. No matter what Star Wars comes out, I'll just find a way to like it. No. The Luke Thomas Show, weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. On your home for combat sports. Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and the Sirius XM app. Now included free for most subscribers. This news was broken to us yesterday. Uh, I think ESPN broke the news. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Um, but it goes something like this. Uh, here is the story. Okay. Kansas is offering to have open scoring for MMA promotions in the wake of the UFC 247 controversy. Now, my understanding is they're not doing it because of that. But this is what they're saying. Kansas will experiment with what they're calling real-time scoring commonly known as open scoring, beginning March 1st. So what does that mean? The score of a fight will become public knowledge as the fight unfolds, with the commission informing fighters, coaches, and broadcast teams, as well as fans in attendance of the scores after each round. Quote, I come from outside of the combat sports world, Rohrbach said. He's a commissioner in Kansas. But I've been a sports fan my whole life. It always mystifies me why the fighters and fans don't know what the score is until the end. No one has ever given me a good explanation as to why. 
Rohrbach said the real-time or open scoring will be optional and doesn't have to be used by at all by the promotions. Uh, during the course of events, the commission will also be flexible in allowing promotions to use open scoring for select fights. So not all of them, but some of them. And then the real-time scores can be given only to select people if the promotion so desires. So you got a bit of a degree of flexibility here. It can be to everyone for every fight. It can be some things to some people in some fights, and then everything in between. Invicta FC will be the first to use open scoring for Invicta Phoenix Series 3, which takes place March 6 at Memorial Hall in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, Invicta President Shannon Knapp told ESPN, if we can help the sport in, to, in some way to push it forward in a positive direction, that's what we're about. All right, so what are you about? 877-FIGHT-93, 877-344-4893. Is this something that you like, that you want to see, that you're glad is happening? I will state one more time. I actually don't, in my heart of hearts, I don't think open scoring is the answer. The times I've seen it used, all of the arguments that were made for it were either not true or like kind of partly true, but not really um, so I tend to think it's not really helpful, but two challenges to my own argument. Number one, I've seen it used in a handful of fights, uh, also in kickboxing and boxing. Those aren't MMA. You, you never know how the athletes in a different sport under a different rule set might respond to a different set of incentives. And uh, two, that's a very small sample size. Just not many. Three, four, maybe five fights I've seen do that, you know? It didn't have any of the effects, but after five fights, can you really call it a day on open scoring? No, I suppose that I can't. More importantly, my view is you need to embolden these commissions to do that. I cannot thank Adam Rohrbach enough for taking a shot at this. I cannot be happier about it. Dude, what we have is not right for MMA. Forget about Texas for just a second. It's not right for MMA. This system, yes, it's gotten better over the years. I certainly agree. I don't think it's a disaster or a calamity or whatever. And really, open scoring is not about fixing judging so much as it is the fighters taking initiative upon themselves, knowing what the scoring is, so that they can take it out of the hands of the judge or they can fix what they perceive to be wrong or make up for a deficit it's less about like once the scorecards are turned in are they better it's more about let's cut it off at the pass so we don't have to get to that point or let's change our fortunes ostensibly while we can again i don't i don't think it plays out like that but i don't know that for sure i can't be i can't be i can't be uh, certain about those things what I am certain about is what we have is not enough, folks. You've got to believe me. It's not enough. We need something else. We need something more. We need people to take a risk. And if they don't, we're going to be stuck with this kind of stuff forever. A spirit of innovation on the part of commissions. Frankly, I you know I, I had this whole speech yesterday about how the UFC needs to do it because I'll be honest, I just didn't ever see the commissions taking it upon themselves to do it. It never even occurred to me. So for a commission to take it upon himself and to offer it to commit to to promoters and for Invicta to have this spirit of, hey, let's try it and see what happens, that is exactly what we need. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it spawns a new idea off of this one that's a little bit better. I don't know. 
but I know that what we have, the status quo, is just not enough. The Luke Thomas Show is your one-stop destination for MMA. If you're in a UFC title fight and you get finished in the first round, yo, you lost. Sports. I cheer for loser teams. As well as pop culture and entertainment. No matter what Star Wars comes out, I'll just find a way to like it. No. The Luke Thomas Show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on your home for combat sports. Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 and the Sirius XM app. Now included free for most subscribers. This gentleman has been on the show many times and you saw him uh, I think he was cornering uh, maybe the first two if not the first three fights I will we'll get the specifics here in just a minute um, at UFC 247 and he came up on the wrong end of some pretty you know close fights but some weird judging calls including not limited to the Andre Ewell and Jonathan Martinez fight he is the head coach at Factory X and just a, uh, a hell of a guy it's the one and only Mark Montoya Mark welcome back to the show Luke, thanks for having me on, man. How you been? I'm doing well. Uh, doing well. How are you? know, listen, uh, you guys had a uh, – well, first of all, let's take a step back here. How many fights did you corner at UFC 247? So I cornered three. I cornered Yusuf Zalal and Jonathan Martinez and James Krause. So okay. those three guys were my guys. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, obviously Krause is a, is a unique situation. He came to corner – help corner and help with uh, Yusuf Zalal and Jonathan. And then, of course, you know, we stepped up on 18 hours notice and ended up fighting and taking a chance in, in what he did. So, um, but, you know, wh- one of the things I'll say to you real quick is I don't want to take anything away from Giles or you all. They, they are amazing fighters. Their coaches have done an amazing job with them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate that this is an ongoing situation. It had, it had a real, real um, shining bad moment in Texas. But this is an ongoing situation around the world when we go fight, uh, when it comes to judges and our system and, and some things that are just broken that we need to fix. Okay. Let's actually start with uh, the top of the card, not the first fight that happened for you, with Kraus. Here is what I just don't understand, Mark. I, I can see – first of all, I scored it for Kraus. I thought he won, which we had him on the show yesterday. We talked all about it. Um, the second round, he, he you know he didn't win. There's just no – no, he got beat up in the second round. Third round, I thought he eked it out. First round, I thought he won plainly. In fact, I'm not even sure how he couldn't have because he had the guys back for four minutes and nearly choked him out a couple of times. And one judge gave that round to Trevin Giles. Mark, how is that even possible? Well, I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm screaming from the mountaintops on this, (laughs) and I've been doing this for years, is I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. I I guess that... You know, if I'm being tongue-in-cheek with this, you know, the, the, the judges aren't even required to have a eye exam. So, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 what's crazy to me is these, these kids' futures are sitting there holding in the weight of a judge, yet the, the incompetency that we see every, every weekend sometimes blows my mind and then those judges go home what happens to them there's nothing that happens to them but you know what happens to the fighter they lose half their pay they get an l on their record uh you know mentally they go into a tailspin um the 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 winning streaks they have are gone 
there's so much, there's so many ramifications there. And people even from the top at the UFC level are, are, are complaining about it, but you know, it's not their job. I don't think people understand that the UFC doesn't control the commission from state to state. It just, it's not how it works. And it's really unfortunate. And there has to be some type of governing body to assess the situation uh, in, in in this past weekend where we're looking at it and we're going, hey, these people consistently are doing these things. These people need to be removed because these fighters' futures are being affected. And some of which, think about it, think if these guys have fought, then go on a three-fight losing streak, and one of which started here. Those kids are cut. They lose, they lose the ability to, to compete at the highest level because that's just the way the UFC is has been designed and draw, drawn up. So there's so many ramifications here, yet the, the judges still get to go in week in, week out, do the same bullshit they've been doing, and then what, what ramification do they have? They don't. That's a major problem. Okay. Um, okay, so let's, let's, take a, let's actually go in a bit of a different direction rather than fight by fight because it sounds like you got some bigger picture ideas. Um, when you guys were game planning – did it ever like? Did, was there ever a conversation with either with either James while well, he was cornering? But I don't know. Even in the part of training or Yusuf or uh, any anybody you were there with Jonathan, where you were like, "Okay, guys, we're fighting in Texas, so we got to fight a certain way." Do you guys, as fighters and coaches, pay attention to that kind of thing? No, I try. I mean, I sometimes do personally, but I try to remove that completely from the conversation because. I, I want it to be a non-issue in their head, but sometimes, you know, it just, it, it, it appears. But, you know, if you look at, here, here's the thing, Luke, how, how is this possible? Okay, Jonathan Martinez and, in that fight, and, and yes, I'm going to speak about my fighter specifically. I'm not crying sour grapes that we lost. What I'm crying is this. They gave you all the, a 30-27 Okay, the same judge that gave him 30-27 against Jonathan was the same judge that gave Giles 10-9 in the first against Kraus. How is that even possible? And that, that right there is a problem. And I want to say it's the same judge that scored 4-1 for Jones. It is, yeah. So it, it's like, what, what are we doing here? You know, and and there has to be some type of, like I said, governing body to reprimand or get rid of people that consistently do these type of things. Because the the things that that are at stake here are their career, the, the fighters, and and financially and in the win loss column, that affects them big time. And so you know to to see that happen and to watch these kids, not just mine not just mine, but to see these kids week in, week out, come back and you're like, man, you got robbed t- tonight. I've done that to fighters before. I was like, and they weren't mine. I was like, man, you really fought well. You got robbed tonight. Keep your head up type thing. It, yeah, that go- yeah, that goes a little, but it doesn't go a lot because they're not going home with their second check. They're not going home with a W. That, that you know, there has to be something there that has to happen to get rid of some of this and insert better judges when it when it comes to these kids' careers on the line. Um, we just had Dominic Reyes on the air, and I asked him 
Would you ever fight in a state that doesn't have the modern unified rules again? And he said no. Now, when push comes to shove with the UFC, well, well, you know, you never know what actually will happen in the end. But in terms of going forward, and I still have some more to ask you about the past, but in terms of going forward, are you and your team and your fighters going to take a second look at what the state's rules are and maybe have a little bit more to say about whether or not it's a good idea to compete in those territories? Yeah, so that's a good question. But, Luke, the, the, the way the, the system is set up, is it's easier said than done. So, for example, if the UFC comes to myself and a fighter and they go, hey, we have this opponent for you on this date. And your fighter, said fighter, let's just say, has been sitting for three, four months waiting on an opportunity, all right? And these fighters, uh, it's not, they don't make NFL, MLB money, so it's not like they're sitting around and financially they're fine. These guys, these guys, a lot of times, especially these up-and-coming kids, they need the money. So it sounds good in theory. It sounds good at, at a higher level like, you know, Dominic Reyes and, and the top five where they're making actually real money. That, sound, that, that potentially does work there. But for the rest, for the 95%, the rest, those, yeah, that sounds cool, but not really because you know what's going to happen. I'm going to go to my fighter and go, hey, man, this fight's in Texas. They don't have – they haven't adopted the new rule system. They, we've had experience with these judges. And they're going to look at me with those big eyes and they're going to go, coach, my family needs this money. I need this fight. I've been waiting for three, four months. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go finish it. That's what they're going to say. Mm. And rightly so, I understand. But, man, it, it just, it's not that clean. I wish it was that clean. It just, it's not that clean. Yeah, I mean, maybe Dominic has a little bit more say because I doubt they'll take the rematch to any place but California or Nevada, you know? So he's in a little bit more of a, of a better position. But, a, you know, what is a Jonathan Martinez supposed to do? I don't, you know, Coach, you know I'm not demeaning him. I'm just saying what kind of pull does he have as a guy right now in that organization? He just doesn't. But has anyone from the commission or any commission ever reached out to you? And here's why I asked that, Coach, because – I'll be honest, sometimes I'll get on my soapbox and I'll make a little bit of noise and I'll rattle some cages and my phone starts to ring a little bit. The commission does pay attention. They just don't ever want to do anything in the public eye in terms of admitting that they, they did something wrong. Yes, I would say 99.9% of the time I don't ever hear from a commission. And I, I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm somebody that, you know, when we lose, I always go and appeal. I, I've, I've very, very, very rarely ever done that in, in the 20-plus years I've been doing this. So, um, But over the weekend, when you see a consistency of just erratic behavior, not even, you know, not paying attention to the fights on their phone, um, scoring stuff where you're shaking your head going, how – and again – Giles and Krause's fight was a close fight. Krause absolutely lost the second round. Um, and in the third, I feel like he eked it out. But that's up for debate. But in the first, there's not, how is there a question that he didn't win that first round? So when you see that kind of stuff and you sit there and scratch your head, you go, well, shit, this, this is changing the trajectory of, of what's happening with these fighters' lives. Then then, yeah, you're going to scream out a little bit and go, hold on a second, there's a huge inconsistency here, and if it's one person or a system or you haven't adopted the, the new rules, then, then, yeah, we should rattle some trees. But to answer your question again, no, I don't hear from them. They, they, 
why would I hear from them? That means they have to admit that they've done something wrong and, uh, and, and or they want to fix the system. And I don't, I don't think they care that much. And I don't do think, mean just Texas. Do you think it's a question of they don't care? or Because uh, let me say something in defense of commissions in the following way. The judging in the Ewell and Martinez fight with the 30-27, indefensible. The round one for Giles, indefensible. The four to one for Jones, again, same guy. Just, I mean, it's just that guy is just, he's a he's a menace. That that judge, Judge Solis, I think is his name. Um, on the other hand, and this is maybe not the case in Texas, but some of these commissions are underfunded, and a lot of them don't know what the, like how do we okay we can get rid of incompetent judges, but in terms of like other problems with just the rules themselves. I don't know that they know what the right answer is in terms of getting a better rule set. Are you saying that the simplest answer is just getting rid of bad judges? I think that's the way you start. I mean, if you if you have a glacier and you want to get rid of the glacier, you got to start chipping away somewhere. So, I, you know, we're not going to remove the entire glacier, but we can we can get through this thing at some point. We got to start somewhere. I mean, the or or how about Luke? I get what you're saying when it comes to you know, funding or the lack thereof, but why can't we, why can't we have five judges? Glory kickboxing does it. I've had many athletes compete in glory kickboxing. Why can't we have five judges? Why can't, why can't we have some type of scoring system where, you know, it's visible. Like I just saw Invicta is going to try that here soon in Kansas city. Why can't we try some of these things that potentially might make sense some of these things don't really cost that much money either. I mean, to, to, look at a, to look at a scoring system like they're going to attempt to do in Invicta, maybe that's the way, maybe that is the wave of the future. Maybe it's not, but how do we know unless we try? And, and you know, I, I, I sense when I talk to Dana White after the fights, he's so frustrated. But, again, I don't think people realize the UFC doesn't have control of the state commission. And, and, and they don't. And I get in a way it's good because you don't want that to ha- cross paths, right, because of, of a lot of shady potential things could happen there. But you also want to have a system where, you know, there's some fairness. What sport in, in the world do you not know what the score is going into uh, the final chapter of the, of the competition? It, it, I mean, this is it, realistically, this is the only one, right? Uh, and I guess yeah, boxing. Although they, you know, they experimented with open well, scoring boxing, a little yes. bit. I guess I consider boxing and, and MMA very similar. So yeah, yes, boxing. But other than that, we don't have one. Can you imagine the NFL? Uh, you, you don't know what the score is. It's just it's just quiet, and then it's up for interpretation whether you crossed the goal line enough or not, or whether the the kick actually went over the goalpost that you thought it did. I mean, what what are we talking about? If I could make, if I had a, if I had a genie who could make you, um, you know, a boss of MMA for one day, and your whole focus was about addressing these issues, and you could do anything you wanted, even pie in the sky stuff, um, what do you consider to be the biggest priorities for fixing this? Not merely in Texas, but for the sport generally. Yeah, and I want to make that clear. I'm not speaking just about Texas. Texas is the most recent one, but you know as well as I do, Luke. Tomorrow, we're not talking about this shit anymore. We're talking about the card in Albuquerque. This is, this is old news. No one gives a shit anymore. But I guess why I'm here is to say, okay, if I had a genie and, and it said, okay, you, you get this magical power to do this, 
one of the first things I would do is I, I would go and I would test the competency of the exact judges there. I would, they, I mean, do you have any martial arts experience? Do you, have you ever grappled? Do you know what it looks like to wrestle? Do you understand cage work? Do you understand striking? I would go and assess those. And then the people that um, don't understand the entire mixed martial arts thing, they'd be gone. And then I'd bring in people that do. That would be the first thing. The second thing is I would have some type of scoring system to where it's more than three judges. It has to be more than three. And we're still working on this 10, 9, 10, 8, like boxing type scale. Can't we change that scale? I mean, whether it's a 3, 2, 1 scale or whatever it is, but can't we change that scale? Because there's so you have two things that you're looking at in boxing. That's, that's your left hand and your right hand. We're looking at so many things here when, when you look at MMA. And if, if I was whooping your ass on the feet for four and a half minutes and you took me down for 30 seconds and ground and pound me for 30 seconds, these fighters sometimes are getting that decision in a 30-second stanza where I just whooped your ass for 430. It's because there's, they, they don't understand the sport. So the competency is, is a big thing. And then I feel like getting the numbers beyond three judges in there – putting five, I feel like it, it, it eliminates some of that discretion and then you get more consistency because there is a, there is a fifth judge involved, for example. So that, that, that would be where I'd start. How about you? I, uh, we're going to have on the, uh, a rep from the Kansas Commission in about an hour. And I got to tell you, I don't know if open scoring is the right attitude. Um, I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Here's what I do know. When the commissions were handed the keys to the car of MMA, um, you know, low these many years ago, that was great for securing the, 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 the future of the sport, for making sure it didn't go away. But handing it to them also came with a cost, which is the cost of innovation. And, you know, maybe the 10-point must system was a good stopgap measure in the early days of MMA slash NHB. It is so clearly not the best way to do it. But the, what the reality is nobody knows what the best answer is. So I don't know if open scoring and Invicta fights is going to be the answer for now. But I am in, my attitude, um, Coach, is we need experimentation. I believe in that. In Kansas, I believe in territories where Bellator or smaller shows or UFC even self-regulate, they should try five judges. What does it tell us? And let's make a determination. Or other some kind of scoring criteria. Or judging the fight as a whole. We need to experiment and innovate and figure out what works. And only through that experimentation can we figure out, okay, this is actually good, that's not and then move into a new system. So I'm all in favor of what the commission is doing, not because I believe in open scoring or don't, but because what we're doing is not enough. We need to try something new, and I think that'll get us to a better place if the stakeholders involved really take some risks. And I, and I completely agree with you, and I think that's exactly what needs to happen, is the experimentation. Because think about why the UFC, why MMA has continued to grow the way it's grown. is because the athletes, the coaches, the people involved, they've evolved the sport from what it was or what it started to be in 93. If you look at the UFC only specifically, it's how much, how much evolution has it, has it had? It's, part of it is because we've experimented as, they, as coaches, they've experimented as, as fighters and athletes, and the, the UFC, for example, is, has experimented with 
um, you know, them get the fighters getting their own sponsorship to now we're getting, they're getting Reebok or the, the whole point is that there's some evolution going on. So the system that matters the most when it comes to wins and losses, you're right. There has to be experimentation in order for us to grow and stay up with the growth that the sport already has, because it's not a tough man competition anymore. It's not, these are, these are straight up pro athletes devoting their life uh, to this, this art. And we're sitting here in, in, a, in a subpar system without experimentation, and you're, you're spot on 100% that whether it's Kansas Commission or it's the UFC self-regulating or all of the above, that we just try different things to see. And then once one starts to work, then let's evolve that way and then let's continue to grow this thing so that we do have a system that looks like it should and it does give you the the ability to grapple well and do cage work well and give you points for striking uh, for four and a half minutes and the the 30 seconds of your takedown didn't negate what I did for four and a half minutes. That's what needs to happen. And again, I'm not coming on. I just want to make it clear, very, very clear. And I think I have, but I want to do it again. I'm not coming on here because my two guys lost. I'm coming on here because this shit can't keep happening week in, week out, week in, week out, year after year and nothing changing. And that's why I want to sit here at the top of the mountain and scream and go, please, can we change some of this? I think it's well said. We got to get a the the clock is up against us, coach. So we got to move along. We really appreciate your time. Where are you going to be next? Are you going to? I haven't even seen the Rio Rancho card. Are you cornering on that one too? I'm not in Albuquerque, not yet, but I will. You know, I'll be there over the next couple weekends. So I'm not in Albuquerque. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up, but uh, that Albuquerque card looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to watch it. Me too. And uh, get some rest. It's well deserved. Can't wait to see you back out there cornering some fighters because I know you guys have something planned for us all when you uh, when your fighters are out there competing. Thank you so much, Coach, and it's a great message to hear. Hey, Luke, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you as always. And, again, if you ever need me, uh, I'm always available. And I just want to say I'm super proud of my kids that, that competed over the weekend. Jonathan, Martinez, Yusuf Zalal, and James Krause, they're all studs, and I love those kids. So thank you guys. You should be. There you go. Congratulations to all of them, even though some of them didn't get necessarily get their hands raised. Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at L Thomas News and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.